It's Thursday, February the 4th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Draghi accepts Mattarella's charge and China protects Myanmar's generals. First, the world in brief. Mario Draghi, a former head of the European Central Bank, accepted the Italian president's request to form a national unity government. Giuseppe Conte, who resigned as prime minister last month, failed to muster a new government. His coalition had collapsed when Matteo Renzi withdrew his Italia Viva party. Mr Draghi must now build a parliamentary majority. China prevented the passage of a UN Security Council resolution condemning the coup in Myanmar, which Chinese state media reported as a major cabinet reshuffle. But China's foreign ministry rejected claims that it supported the power grab in which Myanmar's armed forces deposed the government on the pretense that November's elections were invalid. Joe Biden signed three executive orders on immigration to undo the policies of his predecessor, Donald Trump. He ordered a review of America's asylum policy and barriers to legal immigration, created a task force to reunite families separated at the border, and committed to try tackling the factors that cause migrants, many of them from Central America, to flee their homelands. McKinsey reportedly agreed to pay $573 million to settle a case brought by dozens of American states, which accused it of having exacerbated the country's opioids crisis. While advising Purdue Pharma, a large manufacturer of the drug, it allegedly devised a plan to concentrate on doctors who were keen prescription writers. Reports suggest McKinsey will not admit wrongdoing. Britain asked the EU for a two-year extension to a grace period of less rigorous checks on certain goods moving between Northern Ireland and the rest of the United Kingdom. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, later threatened to use emergency powers to prevent barriers of any kind. Such checks, a compromise to avoid a hard border with the Republic of Ireland, are among the most contentious provisions of the post-Brexit trade deal. Annual inflation in the euro area reached an 11-month high of 0.9% in January, up from minus 0.3% in December. Although inflation is still well below the ceiling of 2% that the European Central Bank has as a target, some monetarists are nonetheless worried that combined monetary and fiscal stimulus could let price rises get out of hand. And Daimler announced plans to spin off Daimler Truck, the world's largest lorry and bus maker. The German firm, whose most famous mark is Mercedes-Benz, wants to focus on zero-emission vehicles and self-driving technologies. The final decision will be put before investors at an extraordinary shareholders meeting later this year. And now, here's today's agenda. First Reckoning, NY v Trump. One of many legal wrangles facing Donald Trump as ex-president heats up today. In 2020, a Manhattan judge twice rejected attempts to keep Mr. Trump's financial records out of the hands of Letitia James, New York State's Attorney General. On January 29th, he ordered Mr. Trump's law firm to release another raft of documents by today. Ms. James is investigating possible fraud and other financial misdeeds by Mr. Trump's business and his associates. The inquiry arose in March 2019 after Michael Cohen, Mr. Trump's longtime lawyer, told Congress that his boss had alternately deflated assets to duck taxes and inflated them in hope of securing loans which he may not otherwise have qualified for. 
Among those is Seven Springs, a fraught development north of New York City for which the Trump Organization secured a $21 million tax deduction. Mr. Trump's finances, long obscured from view, may soon wind up in investigators' hands. Inspiring Confidence, Italy's New Prime Minister Having been asked by the President to form Italy's next government, Mario Draghi, a former head of the European Central Bank, will today try to guarantee himself a parliamentary majority. He is expected to hold informal meetings with party leaders to see how many lawmakers will back him in the parliamentary confidence votes he must survive before taking office. The centre-left Democratic Party... Silvio Berlusconi's centre-right Forza Italia and Matteo Renzi's Italia Viva have all signalled their support. But Mr Draghi might fall short of an outright majority if he cannot get the hard-right Northern League on board. Their leader, Matteo Salvini, has said he has nothing against Mr Draghi, but has not ruled out abstaining from the vote. Time is pressing and the challenges are immense. COVID-19, a vaccination campaign with fewer doses than expected, and looming hard decisions on how to spend Italy's share of the EU's vast post-pandemic recovery fund. Brutality without borders, transnational repression. Today, Sweden's parliament debates the country's immigration policy regarding Inner Mongolia, a region of China. The country's highest immigration court recently decided to deport Baoligo Wurina, a Chinese citizen who says he faces imprisonment and torture in his home country because of activism relating to Mongolian culture. Mr Wurina says the police have visited his family in China to warn them that he is on their radar. Such menacing behaviour is the subject of a report published by Freedom House, a think tank today. It discusses 608 examples of transnational repression since 2014. China is the worst offender, but 30 other countries are named, including Russia, Rwanda and Saudi Arabia. Tactics vary. Besides intimidation, state actors engage in digital surveillance, physical assaults, smear campaigns and even murder. Targets will often be accused of terrorism. With few mechanisms for holding perpetrators to account, transnational repression is now normal, says Freedom House. Back on track, Deutsche Bank. After reporting losses for five consecutive years, analysts forecast that Deutsche Bank will today announce it made money in 2020. They expect pre-tax profits of around 800 million euros, 961 million dollars, compared with a whopping loss of 5.7 billion euros in 2019, mainly caused by job cuts and other restructuring charges. Is Germany's biggest bank recovering at last? The pared-down investment banking division, the principal culprit behind previous losses, stopped trying to compete with Wall Street and became the main motor of last year's profit. This surprised even James von Moltke, the bank's finance director. This year, the bank wants to cut costs further by reducing its branches in Germany from 500 to 400 and increasing home working and video conferencing among its staff. It is reserving funds for possible credit defaults, expecting a wave of insolvencies this year. In its smaller, more cautious incarnation, the lender may finally be on the right track. Banking on Sunshine, the Bank of England reports. 
Although the Bank of England's rate-setting monetary policy committee is unlikely to change course today, investors are eagerly awaiting the updated economic forecasts in its quarterly monetary policy report. A lot has changed since the last update in November. Three months ago, monetary policymakers expected November's lockdown to trigger a 2% fall in GDP in the final quarter of 2020 compared with the previous quarter. That now looks to have been too pessimistic, but the new lockdown will prompt them to lower their estimates for the first quarter of 2021. Much more important for policy, the vaccine rollout is proceeding at a much faster clip than was expected back in November, so GDP estimates for late 2021 are likely to be higher. And whereas November's forecasts still had to incorporate the chance of a no-deal Brexit at the beginning of the year, that bullet has been dodged. The forecasts out today should be the most optimistic in many months. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Rosa Parks, who was born on this day in 1913. People always said that I didn't give up my seat because I was tired. The only tired I was, was tired of giving in. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.